If you're 60 years old today, there's a good chance you'll live to 100. Are you prepared? Welcome to Your Longest Life, the podcast all about exploring how we can live our best life as we age. Here's your host, Ian Thompson. And good morning and welcome. Today, my guest is Deborah Hollins, and Deborah is from Nanaimo Family Life Association. Good morning, Deborah. How are you? I'm good, Ian. Great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you. Now, this show is about um, living to be 100, right? That's kind of a good news, bad news thing, right? Well, we might live to 100, we might not, but even if we do, is that really, is that really good? Yeah. Well, there's, there's quite a bit of debate on that at the moment, but hey, before we start, I'm just going to give a bit of your background, okay? Sure. Uh, Deborah's a social worker with a rich history of working with marginalized and vulnerable people and community development. Uh, she came to the Nanaimo Family Life Association in 2012 with an abiding belief in resilience and healing. Looking forward to hearing about that. And as such, she works to cultivate equity, to live in a balanced life that's deeply connected to community and to apply ethical values to actualize meaningful social change. That sounds amazing. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so just like from a high level, t- tell us about Nanaimo Family Life. Nanaimo Family Life has been a really important resource in our community since 1967. So we have a long history here in Nanaimo. We are a multi-service agency, which means that we service people from all walks of life, all backgrounds. We have multiple areas that we cover. Um, And really, our goal is to build upon people's own sense of internal resiliency so that they can live life with dignity, independence, interdependence, and uh, with, you know, having the best relationships that they can have. And you work with a wide variety of people. That's correct. Just from, just why don't you just walk through the the different people that you're Absolutely. So our programs focus multiple areas. We have programs currently for youth who are living with anxiety and depression. So for young people who uh, who are living with those um, with those particular difficulties, we have peer led groups that come together and talk about issues relevant to them. We work with we provide counseling services to approximately fifteen hundred individuals in Nanaimo a year. Those counseling services are uh, low to no barrier. So that means that money is not uh, a barrier. If you can't afford to pay, we ask for a um, very small cost. If you can't afford to pay, then those are free. That is an incredibly important service that I don't believe people really um, see just exactly the service that provides. Because what we know is that when people can engage in uh, a relationship with a counselor where they're heard and validated, it can alleviate so many uh, issues and so many problems that are going to compound later. And so for many people in Nanaimo, they're not working in a job where they have an employee uh, assistance program. And many can't afford the average $125 an hour for a counselor. So we, we provide a service that's filling a huge gap. We also have programs that are for men. We work in the area of domestic violence. And so for men who have engaged in 
abusive behaviors in their relationship, we have a very intensive program that walks them through um, a journey of being able to really look at uh, the kinds of relationships they want to manifest in their life and how to be able to do that. We also have a follow-up group that is for fathers who want to establish healthy relationships with their children. We have uh, the only uh, we are the only organization serving uh, the trans population in Nanaimo. So we have um, programs for trans adults who look, are looking for support and resources that are non-discriminatory and respect uh, and, and respect their dignity and their personhood. Um, we service a large number of seniors and um, we service on any given day approximately 400 seniors a day in Nanaimo. And those seniors or those services are designed first and foremost to help seniors age in place. And what that means is, you know, not having necessarily to give up their homes and go into uh, a care facility if that's not what they choose to do. Uh, they also, those services are designed to help seniors uh, through the COVID-19 pandemic. So when COVID-19 hit a number of months ago, we were asked by the uh, United Way of the Lower Mainland and the province to provide uh, COVID-19 responses to older adults in the Mid-Island region, which is a much larger region than just Nanaimo. So lots of services for, for older adults. Let's talk about that for a minute. I was doing some research earlier. There's, I think, about 6 million people in Canada considered seniors. Mm -hmm. uh, and I guess in your definition, that's 65 plus. We're still using that as the number. Are we? That's the number, but it, that is the number, but it is not really the best number. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Many seniors in Canada, many seniors in Canada and in our own community are marginalized. So these are people who are living in poverty. Uh, people who are living in poverty, people who are homeless, uh, you know, senior years can start much earlier than 65 because of the nature of the struggles that they face in their lifestyle. Uh, quite often, uh, we're looking at 45-year-olds who require services uh, in much the same way as the traditional 65-year-old might, might need. So yes, we, you know, many of our services look at 40, are at 65 plus, but we're also very flexible given people's lifestyles and, and uh, you know, where they are and how we can help them. And is this a growing need? Like you can say, you can sense that, boy, this is really coming on more and more. I have been the executive director of Animal Family Life going on nine years now. And in my time, uh, the need uh, amongst older adults in our community has grown uh, exponentially. It has been quite an eye-opener for me. I don't come from a background of working with older adults. This is my first exposure and it's been a learning curve, a very, um, I would say a very uh, well-received and reinforcing learning curve, but a learning curve nonetheless. We're seeing issues uh, for older adults, not just the number of older adults, but the issues that they're coming forward with uh, really becoming quite concerning in our community. Now the issues can range from uh, homelessness to healthcare. Homelessness to healthcare and uh, unfortunately also into uh, elder abuse. 
which is a dynamic uh, that we are seeing more of with the onset of COVID-19. So if you can imagine being a family in that sandwich generation, you have young teenagers at home, plus you're caring for elderly parents. We're seeing frustrations growing and we're having, uh, you know, older adults calling us saying, you know, my son pushed me for the first time or you know, I'm afraid that, uh, you know, my family, my, my, my children are losing their home, and I'm having to dip into my savings. And so there's a lot of pressure out there. And that, you know, un- unfortunately, quite often, it is the older adults who are the most um, vulnerable, who are feeling the impact of that. You're right. Many of us don't know any of this, do we? Uh, many of us don't. And no. and and it is so important that we really get to see the depth and the breadth of the issues that are facing older adults in our community. Quite often, those are um, behind closed doors. Quite often, you know, that generation of older adults uh, comes from a generation where you don't complain, you pull up right. the straps and you yeah. keep marching on. Um, yes. And so, you know, we see, for example, a growing concern for men over the age of 60 who are moving into retirement. They come from a very traditional belief background that tells them that their worth is what they bring home and how they provide. And when that's gone, uh, we're seeing that there's uh, a higher, in fact, men over the age of 65 are the highest uh, population likely to successfully follow through with suicide in Canada. So very serious issues. We also know, for example, that men, again, especially from that generation, aren't likely to reach out for help, right? They're not picking up the phone and calling the counselor. That's just not part of how they know themselves to be. So we are trying to create programs that address that and engage those individuals in a way that um, is respectful for them and their life choices. But yes, there are so many things that we don't see um, and lots of information out there if people are curious. Let's just drill down a, a little bit deeper in a few of these topics here. Homelessness uh, for seniors, what, you know, if someone finds themselves in this situation, what options do they have? Well, quite often they don't have a lot of options. If you don't have family, uh, if you don't have income or if your income is severely limited, uh, you know, your options quite often are, you know, we know that there are people that are uh, living or seniors who are living in Tent City in Nanaimo, for example. These aren't people who are drug addicts. These aren't people who are engaging in criminal activity. Um, I myself spent uh, a couple of hours in Tent City with a woman who was 63 um, and she had uh, lost her job um, as a nurse. And, um, and because of that loss of job and some life issues that had happened, that happened to a lot of us, she ended up homeless and was living in tent city, just trying to survive day to day. Um, you know, it's, we, we like to think of, um, you know, kind of people as, you know, for example, homeless people as being one, uh, you know, kind of person, and they're just not. There is diversity in that group, as much diversity in that group as any other group. And um, we have found that uh, for seniors living in their cars, uh, living in tents, um, or 
you know, quite often couch surfing, right, uh, to places where they can, you know, hopefully find a place. Um, that's sometimes their only options. At Nanaimo Family Life, uh, we had a woman who came into our offices. Again, she was in her late 60s. This is a woman who suffers from some extreme uh, mental health issues. Um, and she had been banned from a number of the organizations in the city. They would not mm. work with her. Um, however, this is still a human being. Uh, still right. a person who has, uh, you know, some very severe issues that she's coping with um, and still needing help. And yes, quite often as an agency, we're left just having to advocate, um, you know, calling uh, organizations, uh, advocating to get, um, you know, help from governmental agencies. And sometimes that's the only thing that we can do. It's very frustrating uh, when we're confronted with those kinds of issues. And, and yet the need is growing. The need this. is the need is growing. And and, and I mean, I'll, I can speak to our particular, uh, you know, to Denimo in particular. Um, we, you know, we see a lot of uh, seniors who, if not homeless, they're very they're precariously housed, right? So their housing is dilapidated. Um, dangerous quite often, um, you know, needs significant repairs. Uh, you know, they're, they're living in mold and mildew, which, you know, creates health, creates health issues. Um, and, and having to choose, do I pay my rent or do I pay for my medications? Uh, do I pay for, you know, rent or do I buy healthy food this, this, uh, this month? Um, those are the kinds of choices they're often forced to make. Well, this is a, this is pretty deep stuff, isn't it? It is. I mean, that's, you know, that's, uh, that's what we're seeing. And, um, you know, the days I think of you work for 25 years uh, mm -hmm. or 35 years and you get a pension and you're set for life. Those days are done. And, you know, especially uh, with this population, we also know that within the seniors population, women specifically are at a risk at higher risk for homelessness and poverty, because again, this demographic has worked through um, uh, extreme inequities, right, in their lives as they have tried to, you know, oftentimes relied on their husband's income. Um, and so once they're aging, their husbands are gone, uh, quite often these women are left extremely vulnerable. And so uh, we have, you know, we have created programs at NFLA to educate the public on that. Um, you know, but, but really what we need is a very significant um, federal plan federal and provincial plans to target uh, aging and, and the needs of the aging in our country. Well, it's difficult. We had the mayor on at a, a meeting a few weeks ago, another meeting, and it's, it's very difficult at the local level here, isn't it, for them? It's not, it's not really their thing and their budget isn't set up for this, is it? You know, it is. It, and, I, and that's, the, you know, municipal, municipal uh, you know, it's, it's difficult for, for municipalities to target this issue alone. However, municipalities do have a responsibility, a significant responsibility in ensuring that there is safe and accessible housing 
for all people, but specifically for older adults. Um, and, you know, that can be done, you know, by agitating and advocating, you know, uh, calling out the funders that, that need to be called out, engaging in creative practices, relooking at our priorities as a municipality and what really do we need to be doing to target this. Um, you know, what we see often in the service sector, and I'm not suggesting that this is what's happening, but what we often see is what looks like a passing of the buck, right? The cities are passing the buck to the province, the province passes the buck to the feds. We've got to stop that. And we have to all the leadership has to sit down uh, from every level of government and say, how do we eradicate this uh, in a humane and just society? Do you see the uh, do you see the need for get back to housing again? I think everything starts with being homeless. I, I think um, as a purpose built place just for seniors, or is it better to integrate with the, the wide variety of community ages? You know, there's this studies show that whenever there can be intergenerational relationships, uh, that that really helps with isolation. Um, you know. Younger people really lose out when they don't have access to older adults in their life. Uh, there is a wisdom and a richness that comes from those relationships. So it is a two-way street. And so we know, for example, that in Europe, uh, there are a lot of excellent models for intergenerational housing that are working, you know, okay. that, you know that, that are working and working well. Together, that doesn't necessarily serve anybody. Uh, you know, kind of creates these, um, you know, these warehouses, and that's not at all what we're looking for. People need and deserve to live rich and exciting and fulfilling lives up until the day they die. Um, you know, and there we have neglected that. I think when we look at our older adults too often now, and we need to start re-looking at, yes, how do we keep these people engaged and significant in our communities? Now, when we first started, you said you were helping three or 400 a day. Yes. Like yes. That, that's a lot to me on the outside. It seems like a lot. It is a lot. And, yeah. and yeah, so we are very busy uh, with this work. Um, so we have a program that's called Better at Home. Better at Home is a provincial program. There are over 100 Better at Homes across the province of British Columbia. And what that program is designed to do is to support older adults to age in place with non-medical support services. So what we're doing in those kinds of situations is we're doing friendly visiting. So we're partnering, let's say, a volunteer with a senior to call and do check-in calls or do a Zoom call once or twice a week. We're doing light housekeeping. Uh, quite often for older adults, that's the first thing that starts to go, right? right. Is, you know, the house becomes hard to keep up. So we provide light housekeeping. We provide some uh, lawn, light lawn, keep, uh, lawn maintenance uh, as well. Uh, we do grocery shopping and delivery. Uh, we do, um, we have a senior peer counseling program at Nanaimo Family Life where we train uh, older adults to be able to sit and be in a supportive counseling relationship with other older adults. Um, so yeah, very busy uh, at the best of times. I'm busy and it sounds like there's lots of room for people to volunteer then. 
We have, thank you, so many volunteer opportunities <laughs> right now. You know, at the start of COVID, I was so moved by the response of people uh, who wanted to help seniors specifically. And we had just such an overwhelming response of individuals. And now, understandably, um, you know, where we're, people are going back to school, people are returning to work. And so we're, you know, see uh, a lot of the volunteers have had to get back to their regular lives and and that's completely understandable. But that's left us with, you know, kind of a a real need for people to step forward who might be willing to do things like, you know, do a grocery shop for a senior and deliver those groceries. Again, that is such a significant, um, you know, way of helping. Um, Being able to give a call or do a friendly visit once or twice a week. Social isolation amongst older adults is the most significant health issue facing older adults today. And uh, recently, a study came out um, uh, that the effects of social isolation on seniors equals uh, smoking 16 cigarettes a day. So that, yes, yes, that is the effect that social isolation has. So if you could imagine being an older adult who is socially isolated, um, you know, you have no, you know, very limited contact with the outside world. You have depression. Uh, you know, you're, you are, you know, probably not moving, you know, sitting on your couch a lot, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not in, again, not engaged and the health ramifications of that just grow and grow and grow. And, um, and so, yes, many of our programs we have at NFLA, a program called TAPS, Therapeutic Activation Program for Seniors. It is designed to bring seniors together to support healthy connections and healthy lifestyle. So we do a weekly chair yoga. Uh, we do weekly walking groups where they get together and walk in groups. Uh, we do. We have a book of the month club that we are looking at. Uh, you know, with that's an intergenerational program where people all read the same book, and then we have a Zoom discussion group. So these kinds of things connect people, and when you're connected. You also have access to resources and options and, you know, life just becomes so much richer and more interesting. And, you know, it sort of starts to build on itself. Yeah. Excuse me. I certainly see it in my business. You know, the people that just just kind of run out of gas, the tank's empty and and they're, they're not really sure where to go. So, I mean, this is all this is excellent information that. Clearly, many of us aren't aware of and need to be more aware of, and hence, I'm, I'm glad you're on here today. What if someone wanted to say, "Hey, this is great, Deborah. What do I do now? What what should they do? Reach out to you." You mean a, a senior in need? Uh, well, both a senior in need or Ian and Carol, my wife and I. Hey, we want to do something. What? Oh, yes, absolutely. So, if you're a senior in need, number one, call Nanaimo Family Life. If we don't have uh, the ability to help because of maybe perhaps your needs don't fall under our mandate, we will make sure you're referred to appropriate resources. Um, but yes, please do uh, direct uh, older adults to give us a call and we'll do what we can. If you're somebody who is just wanting to help, if you are a vol- you know, wanting to volunteer or donate your time or your money or your resources or your intellectual you know, property, yeah. Um, give us a call as well. And we will respond to that very quickly. Um, because we know that, you know, again, 
volunteers in the Nanaimo Family Life have a long history with us. Generally, we carry around 80 active volunteers at 80. any given, yes, any wow. given time. Uh, we do, you know, we have training, we have, uh, depending on what role they're wanting to take, we do have training for our counseling volunteers and for our friendly visiting volunteers, but there is lots to do. And a lot of it is a lot of fun, volunteering and helping. And again, just um, especially if you're an older adult who perhaps, you know, perhaps you don't have these issues. Uh, this is a great way to help others that do. Or if you're isolated yourself and you want to, you know, get out there and roll up your sleeves and help, this is a great way to get connected. So, yes, give us a call and we will be more than happy to find a place for you. Well, and I think that's so important. The research I'm doing, obviously, on this podcast about living longer and longer, it's that it's the it's the um, the reason to get up in the morning. What am I doing? What's why would I bother getting up today? And if you don't have the answer to that, it one thing leads to another. And, and this is a way to get a spark. Is that the right word? Get a spark inside yourself. I love that visualization. I think you're absolutely right. And you know, living longer. Uh, can be a blessing or it can be a curse. And again, it depends on, you know, the supports you have on your in your life, the resources that you have, and your your ability to be or stay connected in your community. And that spark, being able to feel excited about your life, whether you're 15, 50, or 90, right? It, yeah. it, it's an essential part of being a human being. And, you know, that is the best of us. And so that's what we're hoping to do is help people reignite that spark when it might go out. So let's bring this all the way back to the beginning. The Nanaimo Family Life, how does it work? Like, is all your money, you're funded by the government or tell me how it works? We have no core funding. Uh, Like many nonprofits, we don't operate with core funding. And that is, uh, that's difficult on any organization. Because every year or, you know, every year, generally, we're reapplying for funding and uh, having to re-justify all the time. But what okay. we're so you're kind of left in that position. Um, but yes, most of our government, uh, our, our money comes from government contracts that might be a year or two years. Um, we get funding from uh, the provincial government. We get funding from the United Way of the Lower Mainland. We also get funding from the United Way of Central and Northern Vancouver Island. We are funded by Island Health um, and, you know, then various other uh, funding bodies that, um, you know, might be smaller in nature, but still very important. Is there a specific project or is there something going on that people might want to donate their, their money as well? I mean, if we have time, but some people are more fortunate and, and want to support you. What, Absolutely. How would they do that? Yeah, if you're interested in donating to Nanaimo Family Life, you can go onto our website at nflabc.org, and there is a option to um, to you know uh, donate through there. If you have a specific program that you want to donate to, mm-hmm. for example, if you're interested in donating to Seniors Care, we'll direct the funds into the most the place most needed at that time. If you want to donate and your funds be donated to, let's say, our youth programs, we will direct the funds there. But yes, um, you know, all of our programs uh, rely on the generosity of um, of donations, and we uh, welcome anything that people can can help us with. And would the donation, excuse me, would the donations be used for 
more staff hiring or equipment or what would the what again, would be used for? Yeah, again, that would depend. So um, we, you know, generally we have the staff we need. That money usually comes from, you know, okay. into our funding. But the things that we might be looking at are things like, you know, we need, for example, with COVID-19, what we were finding was uh, we couldn't be offering our programs inside because, you know, obviously with right. you know, stuff that, that we're dealing with. So we wanted to um, purchase some new uh, equipment that we could be offering chair yoga outside for seniors so that they could socially distance and um, and also have a good time. So we needed funding for awnings in case, you know, the okay. weather wasn't great or, you know, yep. the funds will go to, towards those kinds of things quite often or walking sticks. You know, when you're an elderly person and you want to yep. take a walking program, right, we want to be able to provide them with sturdy uh, walking sticks. So to prevent injury, uh, your funding can go to help making us more um, accessible, right? So we recently, uh, in the last couple of years installed an automatic door so that people mm. in uh, chairs can you know be able to access our building um, right now what we the agency needs is um, we need some new uh, some work done on the outside of our building uh, to make it safe we have a patio but that we can't use it because it's starting to uh, rot and so, um, but that patio serves for a lot of our gatherings when uh, we're taking a break, you know, people can go outside and sit in nice weather and, you know, it just, again, mm -hmm. it's a more fulsome experience. So lots of places where you can dedicate uh, your, your money and that's always appreciated. That's terrific, Deborah. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. This information has been fantastic. It's been great. Um, and thank you so much, Ian, for doing this show. It's really important that uh, this information gets out there, and I'm happy to do it with you. Thank you for the service you're providing. Yeah. Terrific. Now, one more time, getting a hold of you is through email best, or what's the best way? You can reach out to Nanaimo Family Life through email. You can reach us at reception at nflabc.org. Go to our website. Um, and we're also on Facebook. Just search Nanaimo Family Life Association on Facebook and you'll get uh, our latest announcements. Sounds great. Thank you very much and have a great day. You too, Ian. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Your Longest Life with Ian Thompson. If you found this episode helpful, please subscribe and share it with others. For more info, articles, and to get in touch with Ian, visit yourlongestlife.com.